There's that. Do you have this? Do you have this liturgy? I want to uh, direct your attention to the back where the scripture is for this morning. Today, here the first Sunday in June, we are pivoting back to a series that we began after Easter. We took a break in May to think about the aftertimes, which by the way, it's not like we're done thinking about that, right? We all need to keep thinking about what we want the the new normal to look like. Um, but we're, we're pivoting back to this series in which we have been looking at these often overlooked characters in the biblical story. And we've called this series Faces of Our Faith. And this morning we're going to explore two people, a husband and a wife, who are only mentioned four times in all of the Bible. Uh, they don't get a lot of screen time, and when they do get screen time, they don't have any lines. Uh, we never hear them speak. They're only talked about and referred to. And yet, I think their story, what we do know about them, is both compelling and instructive. So, these two faces of our faith today are Priscilla, or you'll find her referred to in some of the passages that we read as Prisca. That's a short version of Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla being female, uh, Aquila being male. A husband and wife. So we're going to read these passages. I'm going to read them. And then I'm going to give you a few minutes to reread them yourself, to reflect on them, to see what you notice. And then we're going to have a conversation about it. I'd love to hear from you, literally opening your mouth, saying things out loud. I know it's scary, but I'm going to hope for a little bit of that. And then I'll say a final kind of couple of words to close. So let's read. Acts 18 is the the place where we're introduced to these two. And it it says the most about Priscilla and Aquila of of the four passages that there are. So let's read together here. Verse 1, chapter 18 of the book of Acts. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, which was also a major city in the ancient world. And there he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, uh, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers or leather workers, just as he was. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then, su- then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters and went to nearby Sancaria. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus, where Paul left the others behind. Let me just pause here. Paul leaving the others behind. This was not abandonment. This is just a way of saying that Paul moved on to another city and the people who he was with stayed in Ephesus including Priscilla and Aquila. Meanwhile, in Ephesus, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had a ride in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism with water. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. The reference here, what's being talked about, is the the giving of the Holy Spirit, the baptism 
of fire or the baptism of the Spirit. Okay, so that's Acts 18. That's Priscilla and Aquila. The other three references are much, much shorter. 1 Corinthians 16, this is the end of that letter to the church in Corinth. Remember, Priscilla and Aquila lived in Corinth after Rome. Now they're with Paul in Ephesus, and Paul writes this while he is in Ephesus. The churches in the province of Asia send you greetings, he says to the church in Corinth. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house. 2 Timothy 4.19, this is believed to be Paul's last letter, written maybe even in the final weeks of his life. And he only sends greetings to three people, or three groups. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. And then Romans 16. This is the last chapter of Romans. Paul has over 20 people that he greets in his final chapter. He includes Prisca and Aquila, Priscilla and Aquila. Greet them who work with me in Christ Jesus and who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Greet also the church in their house. All right. So I'm going to give you just a couple minutes here to reread maybe one of those, maybe reread a couple of the smaller ones, and jot a note on your piece of paper or in your mind about what you notice about Priscilla and Aquila. What do these passages tell us about who they are, what they did, what role they played? If you're with other folks, you're welcome to chat, of course. This does not have to be a time of silence. But let's have a little bit of reflection here on these passages, and then we'll come together and have a conversation about what we see. Ready, set, go. If you're on Facebook, we'd love to have you comment. You can already start doing that if you want. Typing in what you notice about these two, what you feel like these passages tell us about who they were, what they did, what kinds of people they were like. What do you notice? This passage, these passages actually tell us quite a bit. And we've got to read between the lines a little bit. What do you see? Some of it's, you know, maybe fairly straightforward. Don't feel like uh, what I'm asking you to look for is like secret, that you have to somehow know Greek or something in order to figure out. No, this stuff, a lot of it is just, it's just right there if we're paying attention. Uh, 
All right, so we got some. Let's get the conversation started. I like it. They were refugees. Did someone say that? Did I hear correctly? And Stephanie, that's what you said. They were refugees. Yeah, so they were kicked out of Rome. This was not a, hey, I don't know, let's go check out uh, Corinth. Seems like a nice place to live. The emperor of Rome banishes by force uh, all Jews living in Rome and in the surrounding area. And we know that Aquila is a Jew. And uh, so they are forced to leave. They're refugees. That's good. What else do we notice? JP said uh, he sees hospitality. Absolutely. Do you want to say anything about why you think that? What do you notice? Yeah, they welcomed people into their home. They were tent makers. They were. They had a a trade, a skill, right? Um, And that is how they connect with Paul initially, isn't it? Thanks, Brennan. Yeah, that Priscilla is listed first in three out of the four passages. The one where Aquila is listed first is the one where um, I think it says that he's, they, they send their greeting. And a lot of biblical scholars think, yeah, Aquila, the, the male is listed first there because that would have been pretty typical in that day and time. It's unusual, a lot of scholars think, though, that Priscilla's name is first. Think for a moment about, you know, if, if Bethany and I received a wedding invitation in the mail, um, whose name would probably be listed first? That would be kind of social custom, right? Now, it's changing, of course. And we would say, wouldn't we, that we live in a less, much less patriarchal society than Paul did. So a lot of scholars look at this and say, well, this is odd that a woman is listed first. That seems quite unusual. And I would agree. Um, I would agree. I think it says something about perhaps Priscilla's role. You know, is she a prominent person in this co-ministry with Paul? Does she have a bigger role to play? Again, this is this is all we have about these two, so we got to read between the lines a little bit. But I think that's a, an interesting thing to think more about, Sarah. Good. What else? Deb says online that they were partners with Paul in ministry. They sure were, both in Corinth. And then where did they go next with Paul? You got to kind of like, this is why that map's on, on your sheet. If you want to draw the line to try and track their journey, it's Rome to Corinth to where? To Ephesus. And then it seems back to Rome again, uh, because Paul writes to the Romans, to the church in Rome, and he says in Romans 16 there, greet Priscilla and Aquila. In other words, it would seem that they're there and that they have a church in their house in Rome. And if we're reading these texts carefully, it seems that they also had a church in their home in Ephesus. So hospitality is, is not in play once, but on multiple occasions, they're opening their home. And just by the way, when, when it says that the church met in their home, it's not even a church of this size in, in almost all certitude, certainty, certainty. Anyway, certainly it's almost not a church of this size even. It's probably 20 folks, 
25, maybe, maybe 30, because houses just didn't have the size to um, hold more folks than that. Um, some scholars wonder, oh, tent makers, maybe they had an open air kind of workshop. Maybe that's where people gathered in. That's kind of fun to think about, sitting among the tools, you know, among the leather. Um, it's kind of fun. But they're, they're key players in the ministry that Paul's doing. Anything else that you notice? There's a couple of other things. What about Apollos? They teach Apollos. Yeah, so Apollos is, sounds like a really cool dude. Enthusiastic. He's, he's a teacher. He knows the scriptures. He's going around telling people uh, about John's baptism. And they, they recognize the gifts that he has, the passion he has, and they decide that it's important for him to know the rest of the story. And so they take it upon themselves to take the knowledge that they have, what they have learned, and to share it with him. Good. And what about, which one is it in? Ah, yes, the end of uh, Romans 16 there. Who work, great Priscilla and Aquila, who work with me in Christ Jesus, and to what? Risk their necks. For my life, to whom not only I give thanks, Paul says, but the whole, uh, all, all the church of the Gentiles. In other words, what Paul's saying there is that, um, Paul's saying, hey, I, you know what I did? Uh, don't forget, I'm pretty cool. And I went around and started a lot of churches of Gentiles. And had Priscilla and Aquila not stuck out their neck for me, I would not have been able, I would have maybe died. And any impact I would have had would have been cut short. I would not have been able to travel the rest of, you know, the region starting these churches. Now, we don't know what they did when they stuck their neck out. We don't know what they said or how they exerted their influence, but they, they gave up something for Paul's sake. Pretty cool. Anything else anybody wants to add? I don't see any more on Facebook. Okay. Come on, Facebook folks. Keep it coming. I, I, I like to say this before I kind of end with a few thoughts. Um, I like to say this when we're doing these types of uh, exchanges together on Sunday morning. I, I hope you see when we do this that the Bible is accessible. I hope you see that all that we've done here is read a few passages and ask a couple of questions. And you all are plenty smart enough to, to do that work and to realize things and to notice things and to let those things be instructive to you or encouraging to you or challenging to you. I think even though a lot of us grew up with the Bible, we, we maybe have a mixed relationship with it. We don't know that we love it anymore. And I hope that our times like this help just remind you that this book, albeit ancient, albeit at times quite strange, uh, is available to us. Okay. So let me offer two words here as, as we kind of wrap up. 
Priscilla and Aquila, let me offer a, a couple of thoughts. The, the two words I want to share with you are vocation and simplicity. Teresa mentioned that we talked about vocation at length during Lent. And here's maybe one way to think about vocation again, in case a, a refresher would be helpful. Vocation is taking who you are and what you have and offering it to God so that shalom might come into the world. It's taking who you are right now, your personality, your gifts, your perspective, your experiences, who you are and what you have, your skills, your resources, your time, your energy, and offering it to God so that shalom, which is just a really beautiful way, a a beautiful word of capturing the idea of wholeness, so that wholeness, restoration, peace might come into the world, into your life, and into the lives of those you know more. I want to suggest to you that Priscilla and Aquila are really wonderful examples of people living out their vocation. They take who they are and what they have, and they offer it for the sake of wholeness and renewal. Right When we're introduced to them in Acts 18, they've just met a guy named Paul who keeps talking about someone named Jesus of Nazareth. And whenever Paul talks about Jesus, they find that their hearts are moved. So what do they do? They take what they have, a skill set to work leather, (laughs) and they, they use it, they offer it in order to build a relationship with Paul. And beyond relationship, notice it says that Paul lived with them and worked with them. Paul moves in. And it's for some time, most scholars think years, that they're in Corinth. They move, he moves in with them. They take what they have, a skill set, the ability to work leather into the shape of tents, and they use it. They offer it as a way of helping Paul. But that's not the only thing they offer. They also, as JP's pointed out, offer their home. They offer hospitality. Yes, to Paul, who lives with them, but also in Ephesus to a church, and then when they're in Rome, to another church. They give people a space to gather together, which few people would have had in that time, a space large enough to even hold 20 people. But they take what they have so that this community could start to form, so that shalom could more and more come into the world. What do they do with Apollos? With Apollos, they offer what they have, which is a little bit of knowledge about this person, Jesus. They recognize in Paulus some really wonderful things, but they want him to know more. And so they take what they have, the story that they've been told, the experience that they've had, and they give it to him. Why? So that he could be more shalomi, so that he could be more whole. 
more restored, more made new. And then we have this thing about them sticking out their necks. Again, we don't know the details, but you can imagine that what they did involved either speaking up on behalf of Paul, using whatever maybe influence they had to try and persuade someone in a certain direction in order to spare Paul's life, or maybe they put their very bodies on the line. Stepping in between harm and Paul. We don't know exactly what happened, but they took what they had, either their voice or their influence or their very bodies, and they offered it for the sake of Paul's shalom. It's just four short passages, but I think we get a clear picture of people who took who they were and what they had And they offered it to God for the sake of wholeness and peace. So vocation is a word I want to invite us to pay attention to here. And the second word goes right along with it. It's simplicity. And I mean in this sense that the way in which they lived out their vocation was simple. Right? Priscilla and Aquila did not have political position. They couldn't pass sweeping legislation to help the cause of the gospel. They were not economically powerful, as best we can tell. They didn't have vast wealth or fortunes to leverage. They did not command an army. They were not celebrities wielding influence and followers. In other words, they were a lot like you and me. They were quite wonderfully ordinary. And what they did was they simply took what they had and who they were. They offered their home, their living room. They offered their skill set in leatherworking. They shared their knowledge. They used their voice. They offered their flexibility and adventurous spirit and picked up from Corinth to move to Ephesus. And in doing so, in that simplicity of taking who they were and what they had, they made Paul's ministry possible They gave two new churches a chance. They set Apollos on a new course, and they saved Paul's very life by simply taking who they were and what they had and offering it to God. I think there's a temptation when we read about biblical characters to think to ourselves, oh, I have to do what they did. Well, yes and no. When we read about Priscilla and Aquila, I don't think the point is that you should pick up your life and move to a new city in order to support an itinerant evangelist, you know? Maybe that's what you should do. I actually don't necessarily think the point is that you should open up your home in a physical way every week to a group of people like this, although maybe that is part of God's invitation to you. The point isn't that we would do exactly what they did because we're not them. Their job was to offer what they had and who they were. That is your job too, to offer what you have and who you are right now, in this moment, not a year from now, not five years from now. It's to take what you have right now and who you are right now and offer it to God for the sake of of shalom. So, 
On the bottom of your liturgy, on that back side underneath the scripture, is a bit of space. It's not much, but a little bit of space for you to just jot a note or two to yourself this morning. I want to give a minute or two for all of us to reflect on that question of who am I and what do I have today? And maybe in that space you might write a note about a skill set you have. Some of you are teachers and electrical engineers and lawyers and therapists and on and on and on it goes. How might your skill set for the work that you do in the world be offered to God for the sake of shalom? What, what's your personality? What's your perspective? What experiences have you had that you could offer And what do you possess? What resources? What things? What time? What energy? Might not be a lot. Might not feel like a lot today. God doesn't ask you to somehow again uh, do you know these unbelievable, extraordinary things. I think the invitation that God extends to us is to do what Priscilla and Aquila did. to offer what we have and who we are. So let's take a moment. I invite you to jot a note or two down, whatever comes to your mind this morning, and then we'll move into communion together. I think this fits in with the conversation we had in May around the aftertimes because what we're trying to figure out as we move out of the pandemic, of course, is what we want to be a part of our lives and what we don't. And I think that has to involve asking the question about who we are right now and what we have right now. So I think these two things dovetail together. And I invite you to kind of make it your homework this week. Maybe reread these passages about these two people. Revisit the note that you just jotted down. And let's be people who take what we have and who we are and offer it to God for the sake of wholeness and peace in this world. Amen.